This podcast is intended for listeners that are 18 years or older. Explicit language, sensitive content, and views that are objectionable to some listeners may be present in the podcast. As such, listener discretion is strongly advised. Please read our podcast terms and conditions before listening to Up the Rabbit Hole. Okay, we're back. It's Up the Rabbit Hole with a sex therapist, and it's Dr. Corey Rushka here with my lovely co-host, Brandy. Say hi, Brandy. Hello, hello. Okay, today our topic is sex after infidelity. And so before we get into that lovely and complicated topic, that's going to probably bring up a whole bunch of emotional issues for a lot of people. We'll start with something a little lighter. Oh, fantastic. The joke of the day. (laughs) So what what do you call nuts on a chest? Peanuts. Chestnuts. Chestnuts. What do you call nuts on a wall? Walnuts. Yes. What do you call nuts on your chin? (laughs) Dick, Dick in your mouth. That's a good one. Good one. <laughs> Most people like that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on which side you're on, right? <laughs> it can be liked by both sides. <laughs> it can. So, come some on people now. don't. Some people may not like one side or the other. This is true. This is true. But I mean, if they're on your chin, then I would suggest that probably both parties enjoy that. Hopefully, yes. That's the intent. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's start by defining infidelity. Do you want to start by explaining? Well, the obvious is when there has been a breach of trust between two people, whether it be physically, emotionally, that is an absolute no-no if you're thinking about like a marriage or relationship, quote-unquote, contract or what we've agreed to in the relationship. Can you give a good example? Let's say what would be a physical breach? having sex with somebody who is not your significant other when there has not been the allowance to do so. So I'm not talking about people who are in a specific lifestyle who who do that. I'm talking about a monogamous couple who have decided to not have any type of physical interaction with other people. Now, give me a nice, really light version of a physical infidelity or breach that could be viewed and or perceived as infidelity depending on the person it can be as light as you know somebody looking at the opposite sex while they're with their partner I've had people and clients say that when one of the partners is watching porn they've now created a relationship with the with the people who are making the porn a kiss a hug an arm on like touching a their their side or their back or it it really depends on the person those are light ones okay and emotional ones what would emotional ones look like emotional infidelity that's a hard one that would be more like you are again a breach because this has not been negotiated within the relationship and you are talking to spending time with texting people and talking about your personal things not just your day, but I'm having problems with this in my marriage. I really appreciate that you're listening to me. Thank you for being there for me. I'm now creating these kind of feels for this person. They just get me. They accept me where I'm at and who I am. That can also include like sexting. Yes. Um, yeah. Or And here's your dilemma. And this is where 
again, you know, all these things are a lot more complex than most people think they are. Like falling in love with someone, even if they don't reciprocate or even know about it or even lust, some people will view that as a form of infidelity. And so this is where we get into this dilemma that sometimes we kind of challenge is, you know, if there is no other actually engaging party, can it be viewed as an infidelity? Right. And that's the question. And in one relationship, it might be in another relationship, it might not be. And so I guess, instead of trying to make an overall definition of infidelity, I, I want in a perfect world, I want the couple or the group, however we want to do it to define what are the boundaries of the relationship to help identify what would infidelity look like, because it is a wide range of what people will find acceptable given their history and or the relationship dynamics. Some people don't even want their partners to have friends with the opposite sex that they are. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a no, no. So it really depends on how, how conservative or how liberal your views are. Yeah. Even though psychologically we would say something like that would be actually a healthy dynamic, it, it adds risk. And so that's where, depending on the level of risk of the relationship and what they're willing to tolerate. 100%. And I think that the importance of once this happens is the importance of communicating and healing after an infidelity should they choose to continue on in the relationship, because there is usually a betrayal of trust of some way or an agreement. There is, and that's, that's kind of, that recovery system is not an easy one to get over. And that healing is a process and realize it will not happen overnight. It may take a bunch of attempts at it to slowly heal it as it starts to build trust and kind of either repair or mend uh, that process. Yeah, I think the one thing that people need to realize is that this can be a trauma for the person who was betrayed, I think is the best word to put it. So I just want, you know, when people say on intake, I'll ask people, you know, do, is there any trauma? And oh, no, no, not at all. But you get into why they're here and well, it's an affair. And sometimes, you know, that can lead to things like disturbed sleep or flashbacks or depression or intrusive thoughts, numbing, insecurity, stuff, all these different types of things that can actually be trauma responses. And I think for the, the breacher, I see a lot of clients where they are frustrated sometimes that the other person is not responding, healing, moving through it fast enough, given what they have been doing. And sometimes they haven't done anything. And sometimes they've actively worked very hard on that repair process. And for some individuals, it's easier to work, move through and some it's not. Absolutely. So this is not a magic wand type of fix. <laughs> yeah, and realize that sometimes sex can play a, in that, a factor in that because some may not want to have sex after that or even the level of intimacy may go, you know, starvation for a period of time. And so how do we have to navigate what the sexuality and intimacy is going to look like given the breach or perceived breach even? 100%. Yep. And that, that's something that needs to be negotiated, compromised and, and by the two people, not just the one. Patience is a very important part in this process. Yep, Absolutely. Gottman actually has got a great quote and he, Gottman and his wife do a lot of couples therapies and his quote is, without the presence of sexual intimacy that is pleasurable for both relationships can't begin again. So they're big promoters of, you know, the three things of attunement, sorry, atonement, attuning and attaching. So without having that intimacy, it doesn't have to be penetrative sex, but without any type of sexual intimacy, really, it's going to be hard to get the relationship off the ground. Yeah, I think so, Gottman has, yeah, he's done a lot of research into that. I think yes. 
when I was remembering Esther Perel was talking something about affairs are often um, predicated on some form of transgression. And sometimes that there's a drive to break the rules, even after like opening up a relationship may not stall those relational breaches from occurring, even if they have rules. So some people like to break rules and it's knowing who you're with as well. Absolutely. Should we get into the first question? Sounds good. Fantastic. First question, my husband and I are in marriage counseling and attempting to reconcile. We'll see if that works. Meanwhile, I am, she wrote that, by the way. I didn't just add that. I just want to make make that well known. (laughs) Meanwhile, I am having safe sex with him. I can't help but notice that he is just different in bed now. What used to be ours is now not. I can tell he has been with many other women He is also distant and almost scared to be emotionally vulnerable in the bedroom. I keep replaying images of his time with other women in my head. Are any of these normal? And can we get past this? Uh, Well, I'm trying to think as if she is making an assumption that he's been with lots of other women or if what the reconciling dynamic was. So that again, there's an unknown here is, you know, did he have sleep with a whole bunch of other women or is she just thinking that? you know, he slept with a whole bunch of women. So that's a question that I would want to ask kind of, or at least get into to clarify. Agreed. Because how can you tell someone's been with a bunch of different women? Yeah, unless either you've talked about it, and it's been opened. So I guess, you know, are any of these normal? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Can we get past this? Yeah, and my 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 general answer would be yes, but it's also dependent on the couple and how much people work and put the work into it and the mindset that they're going into. Some people don't want to do work; they want someone else to do the work for them. Well, and some couples just decide this is not going to be, be the best thing for us as a couple, and that is a real dynamic that does need to be taken into consideration. Yeah, for this, I think it's important. Like, here's where you have to have that good heart to heart to see what's going on here with him, because she's making some assumptions, it sounds. Is he fantasizing or is he lost or is he just feeling guilty? Um, you know, if the say sex, you know, changed a different dynamic with him, I mean, it may not be firing him up or arousing him as much. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. He could be anxious and holding back, trying not hurt her feelings. There could be lots of stuff. And this is where you want to open that up to kind of really get a good open discussion. Absolutely. And I mean, a lot of times, no matter who's kind of pulling back, like it had said that he is scared of being emotionally vulnerable. So again, my question would become then like, is she interpreting that? Or is she vulnerable? And then he's playing all that vulnerability because it's just overall uncomfortable. Do we have any type of performance anxiety if there has been with other women and he's not sure if this is where he wants to be this kind of gets the engines going so there's so much information that we don't have look how complex this stuff is no matter what you think do as soon as you have i mean single individuals are so much easier as soon as you get into a relational dynamic it like it just complicates it so much that we have to investigate absolutely so i mean i would suggest seeing somebody about this because sometimes these things are extremely difficult to navigate on your own and if there was like physical intimacy with other women as this is suggesting that there was when you're in it it is hard to get out of it and see the forest for the trees and really ask those objective questions or have these talks without finger pointing so sometimes getting a third party involved to be able to navigate that is extremely beneficial i think it's also important to talk about watch 
watch giving too much details like the general information. And so some people really want to know the, the nitty gritties of what happened. And so sometimes that can lead to vicarious trauma and making things worse because, you know, they got what they asked for, but that really wasn't helpful for them because now they have these images in their head. The general information I think is crucial to be able to understand, you know, you know, who, maybe what, where sometimes depending on the circumstance, but you know, was she better than me? And what did she do? And exactly all the little nitty gritties, those aren't necessarily really important in this process. Yeah, the why behind it is going to be really important for, it sounds, I'm assuming this is a woman, for her to understand. But again, those what the sex, if there was with other people, looks like, that is a hard no, uh, absolute hard no. Gottman suggests that you absolutely do not tell the nitty-gritty details. However, we do have to be forthcoming and honest about the where, the when. But how many, yeah, else. how many for how long, yeah, that general information. Yeah, but not the nitty-gritty details because that's yep. more damage than, than anything. Then we got we got a lot more work to do if you're going to come in for that. So, <laughs> yeah, so I careful. If you, want, if you want to pay us a lot more or the therapist to work, work on all this other stuff because you've now caused more work in that process to repair and cleaning up, then I, I don't recommend it, but yeah. I don't either, and I've had that before, and it is it's You get it all hard. the time. They want it right. for curiosity. They want to understand it, but they don't realize the consequence once they've already got it. Yeah, absolutely. So I would keep that out of it for sure. But can you get past this? You can. You both need to put in the work and have patience and to be able to communicate with one another to do so. My hunch is if they have the willingness both together to work on it, there's a really good chance that they can work it through. In fact, it sometimes becomes a lot stronger after this if they've actually worked on it because they probably talked about a whole bunch of things that they never did before. Agreed. Yep. Question number two. My boyfriend cheated on me and I am not sure I want to reconcile with him. However, we have been intimate since I learned of his infidelity. I feel like the fact that we've been intimate since he cheated makes him think things are okay or going to be okay. I feel he may think that I'm, quote, leading him on by continuing to be intimate with him despite the fact that I openly and honestly am not sure we should stay together. Do you have any advice for this situation? I see too many feelings in this that I'm not liking. <laughs> they look like assumptions. I feel like the fact that we've been intimate since makes him think I, you know, that I may be leading him on. So again, these are things that I that are clarifiable. So let's get these clarified so that we know what we're actually dealing with rather than making assumptions and then kind of working too hard on things that might not be correct. Also realize that your sex, intimacy, sex, and the relationship are two different parts or three different parts, technically, because you can have the intimacy, which could be separate from the sex, which could be different than the relationship. And you can have mixing and matching of different levels in each of those areas. And so you have to decide what you want with this individual short term or long term. And if you're okay with the sex, and you and he's aware that this is kind of doesn't mean it's all okay, then we have two mutually, you know, responsible adults who are communicating and that they're okay with the current circumstance on what they're doing. My, my feeling is this, this person needs to figure out what it is, what they want and what they need. So needs are, are usually a pretty small list of your non-negotiables and your wants, your little sprinkles and cherries on top. And I also think that this person needs to look at their boundaries. So is this going to become like a, just a friends with benefits type of thing? And that's great for both of you. Great. 
or is are you going to work through this? But this can't just be shoved under the rug and not discussed and and have the bed sheets continue <laughs> forward, right? When there's no communication and she's putting a lot of assumption into this instead of asking him, like, do you think that this is okay? Because I'm not okay with this. So it's really a lot. It sounds like a lot of female feels that needs to be communicated in a very direct manner for males to understand. And, you know, he still needs to be accountable for that behavior. And she needs to decide whether the relationship is still worth it in that process, too. Yes, and they can decide together on what they want it to look like. Do they want a relationship? Do they want just a, a friends with benefits? Do they, is just having sex okay? What does that look like? You can take yep. it whatever you want as long as you're both on the same page. And you can change your mind. And, you know, communicate that as you bring that forward, as things kind of go through, it's okay. That's how you grow and, and navigate. That's where we can renegotiate if things are not working or if things change. And so it's, it's super, super important. So I would suggest she really figure out what she wants and then yes. talk to him about it. And then if they want to can keep the relationship, there needs to be communication and the work going through the breach of trust. Sounds good to me. Question number three, I was cheated on at the beginning of last year by my wife and things are starting to get back on the road to normal, but I am unable to have sex with her, partly because of the sadness and hurt, but mostly because of the humiliation I'm feeling. She said the sole reason for the affair was physical differences. She told me that he was on the opposite end of the size spectrum to me. I can't get in the right headspace to have sex with her because I am just imagining she is laughing at me in pity inside her mind. How do I gain my confidence back and navigate this going forward? I'm going to let you start with that one. Oh, no, no. I don't have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither does she. Ouch. I feel badly for this. For that, that must have been extremely difficult for him to hear. Yeah, I'm sure. And like, I guess, you know, I'd want to know more a little bit about the dynamics. So she just chose to breach the relationship because of a big dick or a bigger dick. I mean, a good lover, you know, is able to take advantage of their environment, the options available to them. A good sexual meal does not require a dick, no. especially not a big dick. No. And so I'm trying to, I'm curious more what's going on with her, or is this just an excuse that an opportunity kind of came up, right? I really wonder about that too, because being a female, I mean, I can't say I would just leave a relationship that's fantastic for a bigger dick. <laughs> like, that's just me. I don't know. So I really wonder what is actually the push behind it, if there is one. And then, I mean, I just think, do we tell our partners that this is the reason why? That can be, that can lead to some. Oh, could, I mean, that, 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 I mean, the issue is if that's the actual truth, then I would go into, is this micro penis? Like, when you say opposite size of the spectrum, I mean, there's a wide range of spectrum, right? So if we have what's, you know, if he has a micro penis, then I'm going to indicate, you know, there's another kind of point, point in here that's separate, but they still have to navigate this. And then my question is, why is she still with you? Right? I assume he has more to offer her than the size of his penis. And penis size is not really a good indication of good sex. No. So I want to know the rationale for the breach because it sounds like more of an excuse. Well, and the, the thing is, too, that this can cause, from a male perspective, I think a trauma response and an anxiety performance type of issue. And so here's, here's what I think. 
she I'm I'm assuming she's going to know this when they got married about what his personal endowment was and she still married him. So even if it's not the size that you want, is he not able to use it in, in a in a productive way? And if that's the case, then we need to be communicating about I actually prefer this or maybe we implement some tools or some toys or other things to help help it along. But I mean, I don't think we just go and go to somebody else because of size differences. Yeah, for him, I think another big component is in order to gain confidence, he's going to, it's going to require him to ask a lot more questions. Yeah. Get a good understanding of what, what he is wanting in the bedroom in the relationship and holding her accountable for that breach. Cause it doesn't sound like she's been held accountable in this system. And that's going to require kind of a level of confidence, which may cause some struggles and, and conflict. Well, and that's where I think Gottman's a tone, a tune and attach comes into place, right? So has there been forgiveness? Has there been open communication about this? Has there been the sharing of the why, the actual why behind it? I don't, I don't know. And then the attunement, which is, you know, relearning how to handle conflict. We need to have a strong alliance and a strong, which will build a strong foundation of trust and high trustworthiness metric. And then I don't, I really wonder if that has happened because if you haven't done those two things, it's really hard to learn how to reattach. So yeah, there's lots of good repair, like relational repair stuff here. Cause right now he's in the powerless position. Cause not only is he, not only is she able to breach given this dynamic, he's still trying to please her sexually, so to speak in the system. So. Yeah. And she's got a lot of, you know, reconciling and atonement to do. It sounds like to me before he can obviously move forward. Yep. Okay, well, I'm glad we're on that, the that, that's, an in, that's an interesting one because it's, you see the pattern where, you know, oh, you breached on me and therefore now I have to try to serve you because obviously I'm not doing a good enough job. And so you change the power dynamics in that system for something that he has no control over, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a few mechanical stuff you can do to kind of add some stuff, you know, as a, you know, sex toy dynamics to kind of extenders and stuff like that temporarily if you're going to really play that way. And you can't. And that's an option. But again, this is more of a breach and it's going to affect sex and he's going to have to hold her accountable and he's going to have to step up to that one. Yeah, I, it feels to me like there needs to be a lot of atonement and a, and a tuning, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, glad we're on the same page on that one. Fourth question, my husband cheated on me with a couple of different women a year ago. I didn't stop loving him, but probably would have split up if we didn't have kids. The frequency of sex never went down after I found out, but ever since then, it has never been the same. His betrayal is always on my mind, and I no longer feel the same desire to please him because I don't feel like his body is mine anymore. I feel insecure about his love for me and our bond as a couple, so now it's kind of boring with occasional feelings of sadness. I don't want to live this way. I want to have a fun sex life where I get excited about pleasing my husband. Are these normal feelings and do things eventually go back to the way they were? Yes, they're normal. It's all normal. Yeah. And my hunch is they're not going to go back to the way they were because there has been a big change, but it can be better. It doesn't have to be the way it was. I tend to strive to help people kind of repair things and go beyond where they were before. And it is possible to do that. Well, and um, I always say what, you know, it may not go back to normal, but it could be better in a different way. Right. Everybody wants it to go back to normal, go back to normal. Well, normal is 
you know, we we got to this place with normal. What if we change things and change the dynamics and change the expectation and it can be better instead of going back to normal? I want to know what his breach, what's the rationale for his breach, right? There's two different women, you know, was it for another, like, was it opportunity based? Was it for, you know, a relational issue? Was it for an exciting new dynamic or an experience that was offered? That's the stuff that I want to know, because again, she's still kind of running in her head a lot more and it's on her mind. And so the reason, you know, it's kind of led to that impact of her not wanting to please, even if that's what she likes to do. And so we, we need to get this couple into uh, therapy to kind of pull apart some of those dynamics, help navigate and work on that accountability process and breach repair, because it sounds like it never really was done. They, you know, she still loves him. He had an affair. I don't know his feelings towards her. I don't see any repair that they've actually done. They did it's just happened. They may have talked about it and now wondering why it's not working because they haven't actually repaired anything. Well, that's just it. Yes. And she's obviously feeling that because she's feeling insecure, not just about the sex, but about his feelings for her. So, you know, as lots of times as women, we want to feel safe, secure, desired, wanted, not that men don't, I'm just from a women's perspective. And so if she doesn't have that, then she's not secure in the love, in the bond, in what is this going to look like? Is this a secure relationship? Does, how are we going to mitigate all of this? So you know, and it's sad. It, it really is. And she's having those feelings of sadness. So I would suggest even EMDR might be helpful for her. Could be. Like, I, what does she need? I also want to know what does she need for the amends for the breach? I don't know. It doesn't say that she's indicated anything. So she needs to really know what she needs from him to be able to make for him to make amends for her to be able to forgive him. And what's caused it to be boring now? Like, I, you know, is it just was it? A, is it a feeling issue? Is it a they just got more low-key activities so that's kind of a you know what does she need in order to rekindle that dynamic well and you know i would look at his ambivalence is he and like if if he's the one who did the cheating is he ambivalent about leaving the partner is he is he wanting to really make amends and work on this so i would i would really ask yeah and it could be even that he's holding back or holding back because he's feeling her feelings of anxiety and that dynamic and it's just rebounding off each other like again there's so many dynamics that could be happening yeah so i mean so many things on this again i would look at those three steps in in what gottman does and i would look at you know if he's interested in reproachment if he wants to make this work if he doesn't where his ambivalence lies what this all looks like because we can't have fun sex when we don't know where we stand with our partner yeah i think there's some good books that i recommend that i tend to like meeting in captivity and a state of affairs by esther perel which is kind of no nonsense approach Five Languages of Apology is one that I really like by Gary Chapman, although it has a little bit of a religious bend on it. The fundamental dynamic on the repair process is something that I really like. Gottman's work also covers some of that repair process quite well, more research-backed. Do you have any books and recommendations that you would like to let the audience know? Ooh, you just said the three that I would have... <laughs> well, we're on online, so... Yeah, um, I think they're... Um... I think the one thing that can really be helpful is actually why men don't listen or why men, yeah, why men don't listen and women can't read maps by Barbara and Alan Pease. And the reason is because when it comes down to communication, we need to understand 
from a female perspective, how to communicate effectively with men. And it is a learned trait. It is not always super simple. And so that can, when we're communicating these things, it can be much easier if we know how to do that efficiently and effectively and logically and rationally, which is a lot of things women mostly run on, typically speaking, the emotional. So if we can have these communications that are a little bit more effective, it can be worth your while. If you're going to throw that one in, then I got to add in, you just don't understand. And I'm trying to now pull the author out of my, I won't say ass, but it's uh, <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> the third book of, of the... Deborah, um, Deborah, it's Deborah Tannen. So Deborah Tannen wrote a, she's a linguist actually, who studied gender and, or sex, sex and gender dynamics in relationship to communication patterns. And so it was an interesting read for me to understand that there are some really different dynamics and communication patterns that she's found and she's women. And she's, she wrote relatively objectively in terms of the report of, of kind of these differences throughout the ages between, you know, males and females, men and women. Well, and the, Alan and Barbara Pease did a, a trio of books. The third one could also be beneficial, and that's called Why Men Want Sex and Women Need Love. So that might also come into play in these types of dynamics so they can understand each other. And I'd say don't, don't judge a book by the cover. I think it was, it was actually quite good because realizing that these are on the, on the continuums. It's not all men do this and all women do this. It's a book nope. cover. But they explain kind of this range of brain differentiation differences overall and some men are very feminized overall and some you know women are very masculinized but they're somewhere in that continuum and everyone has different traits so again the book sounds like that it's very sexist almost or sexual stereotyping and there is a bit of that but there's also a bunch of truth in my experience from both experience and and the research well, and it does, you know, it, I love it because I felt like, oh my God, I'm reading my life on the pages. This makes so much sense to me right now. So, I mean, there's humor in it. There's a little test you can do to see how feminized or masculinized your brain is. It even comes with cartoons. I mean, what else do you want in a book? And the but test is, is, was created by an anthropologist, actually, who looked at some of those. Di- and it looks almost kind of weird when you're taking it, but it's it was interesting. It was well, a good read. It, it, it was, and it really gets to hone in on where you are on that continuum. Yes. The more you know about yourself, the more you can learn to navigate this world and those individuals in it that you have to. Yes. So those are just some resources that I would most certainly look into if they would, if they would benefit these types of issues. Final takeaways. This is a hard one. It's complex, it's intricate, and there's a lot of reasons why people choose to participate in infidelity or what that looks like. And so I think there needs to be so much communication about it. That atonement, attunement, and attachment through Gottman's is going to be extremely helpful. And don't get into the nitty gritty details. Please don't do that. <laughs> it's so my, my handful of takeaways, take things slowly. Don't try rushing into sex before you're ready. It tends to contaminate things. Uh, make sure you're communicating openly and honestly, uh, which includes your feelings, your needs, your wants, your thoughts, your boundaries. Focus on that building of trust, which is repetition. So you need consistency, openness, honesty, transparency, and genuineness to build that trust. Seek support if you need it. And that could be through friends, through therapy. 
I don't like the term don't be afraid, but be willing to try new things because sometimes that's what's required for growth to occur, to bring some novelty and excitement back into the bedroom if that was one of the issues. There will be normal ups and downs in this grief process because there is a grief process that this will likely go through. And because it's so difficult and complex, but it is possible to heal and rebuild that trust in a relationship. Patience is the one. You, you are not alone. This is a very common, I think the stats are somewhere around, in, at least in some form, about 50%. Um, I would say even higher if you're going to be really technical, depending on feelings, even if someone may not have actually done an infidelity breach, the perception of infidelity, infidelity breach can have the same impact in many ways. Yeah, I would really try and keep your patience. This is not a magic wand fix. It's going to take time and effort on both parts and to have that patience and to be able to want to put the work into it. Awesome. Ta-da. You guys take care. Till we talk to you later.